Hello, Real Life Ministries. Welcome to the Overtime Podcast. Uh, today, we're looking at the issue of an unhurried life and how, at times, God allows or causes a struggle, suffering in our life uh, that that forces us to bend our knee, to slow down, to press into Him. And again, not every form of suffering is a result of of God's activity. He doesn't sin. He doesn't cause people to sin. Uh, but he does allow it. And sometimes he does bring tough things into your life for the purpose of drawing you close to him. So let's get started in the podcast. Welcome to the Real Life Overtime Podcast, the place where the members of the Real Life Ministry sermon team go deeper into the weekend sermon. Watch them as they unpack, unfold, and unravel the weekend sermon like never before. So fasten your seatbelts, hit play, and join us for Real Life Overtime, where every episode is an adventure and this sermon doesn't end on Sunday. Hello, Real Life Ministries. Welcome to our Overtime Podcast. And uh, this podcast um, really brings together the different voices at the different campuses that are preaching on a given weekend. And uh, we have a, a sermon team where we all work together, and then we we all have kind of our own little bit different angles because there's so much variety and content that we get as we do the sermon team together. And then we each have interactions with people in our church, questions that people ask, and, and we can't deal with all the content, we can't deal with all the questions in the sermons, but this Overtime podcast gives us an opportunity to sit down and talk about it after the fact and maybe answer some of the questions that... Uh, we uh, we got from our folks and from our life groups. We're all in life groups. We're all making disciples. So uh, it's so fun to unpack what we preached on and hear what people really got from our sermons, which is sometimes very humbling uh, for all of us here. Yeah. I'm I'm here with Christian uh, Putman, who preached at the Coeur d'Alene campus, and uh, and so great to have you here. I'm here with Gabe, who preached at the uh, Hayden campus, and and then of course I preached here, and and this week. Um, we don't have uh, a, the North Campus, but usually we will. And and uh, so uh, this weekend in our unhurried series, we were talking about um, having an unhurried life, and we were talking about how sometimes uh, God does things or allows things into our life that forces us to become unhurried. And, uh, you know, as you were thinking about that, you know, Christian, where did you go with that this last week? Yeah, I love this subject because it's so uh, big and a lot of people wrestle with it. And so some of the things that I had talked about is, hey, this is a journey. This is a huge discussion. We get to talk about facets of this and that different people have different experiences. And so we really kind of journeyed through the process of sometimes there's lots of reasons why suffering can happen. Sometimes it's our decisions. Sometimes it's other people's decisions. Sometimes God is the one that allows a situation sometimes we have no idea. And so in that process, we talked about how we can have the lens of the cross, whatever it is, whatever reason, whether we know it or not. I mean, sometimes with our decisions, we can kind of know that and bring that to God and work with that. But to look at the the concept of uh, suffering, and then you put unhurriedness into that, that, that kind of slows you down, kind of like 
takes the rug out from underneath you at times. And we can look at that through the lens of the cross. And in that process, when we're aware of the realities of suffering, when you choose to do that, it kind of leads you to a progression once you kind of know, okay, there is suffering. There's a broken world. People make decisions. We make decisions. So what do we do? And we talked about uh, digging our our roots very deep into who God is and that as we do that, uh, we need things just like a plant and how it has roots. It needs water and sunlight. It needs these different things and it takes time. And we're called to be above, uh, about the people of God, the word of God, the presence of God. We journeyed through Paul's kind of story that in one instance, Paul had went through such adversity in second Corinthians one, eight, where he didn't think he'd live through it. And he even despaired of life. So we asked that question, have you ever despaired of life? Uh, if an apostle wrote that, we probably do too. And then in that instance, God delivered. And then 10 chapters later, we see that Paul was given a thorn in the flesh. And in this context, God had actually given him that. Sometimes we think that if it's bad, it can't be of God. Well, in that context, in that situation, it was of God. And in that he cried out. There's times where we cry out and then God didn't deliver him, but he said his grace was sufficient. Those are some of the realities and things that we had uh, unpacked with some other things, but uh, it was, it was cool. Yeah, that's good. really good. Yeah, yeah. Good. When you when you talk about seeing things through the lens of the cross, meaning whatever happens, I know He loves me. He went to the cross for me. My biggest problem was my sin problem, and He took care of that. He proved His love for me. So now, whatever's going on, I may not know the why, but He loves me, and He proved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Gabe, where did you go with this? Yeah, pretty pretty similar. We uh, we talked about how in the last in the first three weeks, or we're trying to implement habits and uh, add things into our life, take things out of our life that help us to live unhurried and to slow down and to rest in God. Um, this week was the week that we have unexpected unhurrying and and where things happen to us that almost force us to slow down and force us to lean into God and force us to, to uh, rest in a way and go, okay, God, what is that you're doing in this? Why is it that I'm experiencing this suffering, this pain, this, this heartache, this trial? And, and I think those questions are okay uh, to ask, especially when we're asking with the heart of going, okay, God, I want to know what it is that you're trying to teach me in this moment. And I just talked about the three, the three potential um, uh, causes of suffering? Is it something that that you're bringing on yourself because of your decisions? Am I making some bad decisions? Am I in sin? Am I doing something that God is showing me that he wants taken out of my life? And if that's the case, as we as we stop and we pause and we go to God and ask that, if that's what he reveals to us, then, then what do we do with that? You know, we we go to God and we repent. We repent of whatever that action is and and rest in his in his grace. If it's something that someone else has caused suffering in our life because of their bad decisions, which obviously we're all kind of recipients of as mm-hmm. people and make decisions of. and causes of, yeah. you know, so what do you do in that? What do you do if the suffering that you're experiencing is the direct result of someone else's decisions? Well, you go to God and, and you forgive. And, and the kind of the, the thing that was so interesting, which so many people took out of that um, is uh, I said, forgiveness oftentimes can feel like suffering yeah. because in order for mm-hmm. me to uh, release you of the wrong that you did to me. It's not about going, well, I want to make sure that you feel the same pain that I feel. Mm -hmm. It's going, despite the pain that I feel, I'm going to release you of that. I'm not going to hold that over your head. So to go to God and, and, and forgive is actually quite hard and can feel like suffering. And And and, one, uh, one point I would say is trusting someone doesn't have to happen, but releasing it to God does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's some cool stories that 
came out of that that maybe we can yeah. share later that yeah. I, I can I can tell you about some conversations I had. But um, then the the third thing is going, and I think this is the the thing that people actually struggle with possibly the most is is almost the um, the, 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 the suffering that's like almost seems meaningless or like, there's no answer to it. Like, why am I going through this? And, and why is God allowing this? And this like, God, what are you doing in this? And it's not me. It's not others. It's just happening. And in those situations, you go, what do you do with that suffering? And, and I just made the point, you go to God and trust. Um, you know, if you don't understand what God is doing, if you don't understand God's hands, you learn to trust his heart. And in that suffering, I might not know what God's doing, but I can trust that he's good. I can trust that he loved me. I can trust that he's not abandoned kind me. Kind of back to the seeing it through the, it, the lens exactly of the cross. That's exactly what it is, yeah. And you see it yeah. through the lens of the cross. He proved his love for us so we can we can trust that. Yeah, I I totally agree with both both things. You guys, all those things that you're saying. I actually uh, dove into what does it look like to actually rest <laughs> upon God. And, and I talked about how Paul in 2 Corinthians went to the Lord when he was suffering. And I think the thorn in the flesh was he was going blind. And I think mm -hmm. he went to the Lord and said, Lord, three times, please take this from me. And God said, no, no, my grace is sufficient for you, right? So I'm not going to take you out of that. I'm just going to give you enough grace to do the, the role, give you the role. I gave it to you. You're going to be able to accomplish it with my strength, not yours. Yeah. And, and then his reaction was, okay, now I'll glory in the weakness, right? So... Um, trusting in the Lord is bringing it to God and then allowing him to say what he's going to say and then trusting that God's grace is going to be sufficient for me, even though he doesn't take it away. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a choice. I, I use the example of Jesus as well. Jesus is led by uh, the Holy Spirit out into the desert and he's hungry and he's suffering and, and, uh, the enemy comes at that time of weakness and says, you know, he had been told by the, the voice of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. But now in the middle of suffering, the devil says, are you really? I mean, where is he? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And and he said, if you're really the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And, and Jesus actually quoted scripture in the Old Testament. Um, he said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. So Jesus actually was trusting what God had said and putting his weight on that. Yeah. We think of, of uh, resting in God, meaning no activity. Mm -hmm. No, resting upon, meditating upon God's word day and night. You know, Hinduism says, empty your mind. Jesus, God's word says, fill your mind and meditate and mull on, mull over uh, my words. Um we meditate on the Lord day and night. We take captive every thought, making it obedient to Christ. So in a sense, resting upon the Lord uh, is choosing to put my weight on what God's Word has said, which, which means that I'm actually having to choose to think on that and to trust in that. And, and no matter what I feel, no matter what's going on, I choose that, and that's resting upon. And uh, again... You know, that whole Matthew 11, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then he says, take your yoke upon me. The yoke is for work, but you're not doing it alone, but you're still working. Resting seems like it should be absent of any sort of hard work. No, choosing 
to rest upon the Lord is rest. It's both, and it's putting your weight on. So we, we talked about that, because I don't know about you guys, even when I'm trying to do my devotions, I've got all these thoughts that come to my mind, right? Like, okay, I need to call that person, or that person was in the hospital, I didn't see him, or, you know, you're, you know the attacks, and, and, and I have to actually say no to those things, which is work, mm-hmm. to rest, that God has got this, that God has... And again, some people, it's so funny, the devil will cause us to wrestle, and we'll do the right thing, wrestling against him, and then he'll say, what well, I thought you were supposed to be resting, and boy... You, this isn't just coming from you. You should just trust. You shouldn't even have these questions. And so he causes us to wrestle, then he accuses us of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we we live in a world that's not, I use the example of before Christ, or before sin, we were in a downhill road like a bike going downhill. It it's You have to steer, so there's work, but it's pretty, you know, it's, it's not hard work. Our world now is at this angle, and I have to steer... And I have to climb because the world has been cursed and it's a battle in every sense. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not in this easy life until Jesus returns. With God's help, we're climbing. Um, but Jim, you know, it's funny because okay. I heard you make that analogy. Yeah. And when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, mm-hmm. we go from uh, riding a bicycle up that hill by ourselves to actually riding a bicycle where he's in front of, like he's pulling us. Yeah. Like It's like those two-seater bicycles mm-hmm. where the kid's in the back mm-hmm. and they're kind of pedaling, mm-hmm. but the adult's really the one that's pedaling. Yeah. That's like Jesus. He's like, yeah. jump on. You're going to do some pedaling, but really I'm going to get you up but this what hill. what we do is go, we shouldn't have to do any pedaling. It's right. just total rest. No, I have to sit in the seat, right. hold the handlebars. Yeah. I'm going to do some, but he's the one who's doing the heavy lifting. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right? So there's it's still a burden. There's, there's still, still a yoke, but it's easier when he's the one that's way doing the pedaling. Yeah, yeah. yeah I used a, a, a little different of an analogy in ours where we I talked about how imagine there's a road and you're on this road and then it forks off into two different directions because you talked about the lies that the enemy mm-hmm. tries to do. And I said, imagine one side of a, a direction when tragedy hits where the devil loves to come in mm-hmm. and the devil loves to say, God doesn't love you. That's mm-hmm. why you're here. Mm-hmm. Or you mess this up mm-hmm. or whatever it is that the devil loves to use these kinds of moments, unexpected, mm-hmm. unhurry or tragedy or whatever it is. And he loves to come in and lie to us in hopes that we'll go down that direction. And I talked about another road that is filled with the promises of God, that in that side of it, God is drawing us to him to depend on whether we feel it, whether we see it in our circumstances or whether we think it in our thoughts, that we can depend on the promises of God to rest on who he is and what he's done. Because the in, in one sense, when tragedy hits, the devil would love for you to fall off and to make that be the thing that lets you go. Or in that situation, you can actually have a strengthening of, of our walks with God, that we can turn to him in that. And mm. so we have this fork in the road in those situations mm. that we can go down if we choose. All right. So let's, let's, let's just shift gears a little bit. Let's, rather than talking about the philosophy or the ideas of mm. suffering, let's talk about ways in which you've had to suffer and, you know, what helped you get, get through that? Christian, why don't you share some of the, the struggles that you even have and have had in the past. Maybe it's something right now, maybe it's now and before, but when you think about suffering, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and again, God causes or allows this to happen. It's always, discipline is always for our good. We're, in fact, if he doesn't discipline, discipline us or shape us, then we're not really his children at all, mm-hmm. Hebrews 11 and 12 says. So tell me a little bit about the, what 
what kinds of things you've had to struggle with? Yeah. In this conversation, I actually had a point where I kind of stopped and said, do you guys tell that I'm passionate about this? And it yeah. is for this exact question. Yeah. What, what is in, happened in my life? I'm passionate about this because the devil loves to pull us away. And so for me, uh, for those of you who don't know my story a little bit and why this, this subject matters so much to me and what I had shared is I was a, an addict for many, many years, came to know the Lord, had my life changed, uh, opened my eyes to the gospel and the realities of him doors open for me to do in ministry. Cause I wanted people to know. And then several years of me being into ministry, uh, I had a mental health, uh, crisis where some, some of the people that we talked to thought maybe it was from the past drugs, maybe that there was some stuff in my family. And uh, I remember, you know, walking this about genetically, genetically yeah. yep, because yeah. there's lots of different reasons for that. But uh, I remember I had to stop working. I had, actually had to go to a mental health place for a while. And they told me before I left that I would never work or be permanently disabled, or I would never preach or do anything again. And I actually came to you mm -hmm. and I said, what do I do? And something that you said burned in my brain. You said, you can't listen to any emotion you have right now. You can't look at your circumstances. They say that, you know, that you're not going to be able to provide for your family, but God will provide. You can't, you know, look into your feelings, your circumstances, or your thoughts. You have to trust the things of God and the people of God. And that burned in my brain. And I know that that's not for every season. God has given us feelings. God has given us the ability to, to make good judgments and to look into our circumstances. He's given us the ability mm -hmm. to have thoughts about who he is. But there are seasons, especially in this context where we're suffering, where we it's so muddy that you can't depend on those things. And so for me, that taught me so much to go, am I going to trust what God says and trust the people around me? And I, am I going to dig deep roots and capture my thoughts, all the things that you shared earlier? And that was like life or death for me. And God obviously has worked a ton in my life. I have grown, there has been healing. And I'd like to say that it's completely gone. But the reality is, is I still have to wake up every day with that, that lens to go, regardless of what I feel, regardless of what thoughts I have, I still have issues. And also I, I go to counseling every week. It's been eight mm -hmm. years. I, I go to people around me all the time to question my thoughts. And so those are some of the things for me through my story in life that I don't just talk about the things we always talk about. Like for me, it was life and death. Mm. To me, it was in my circumstances and I had to live. You still go through out. certain times where it hits harder than others. Correct. Yeah, I've, I've, I've come through it. It's good. God's healed in it. But every day I have to choose. It's still something that is a thorn in my flesh for me that I have to trust that God's grace is sufficient. There has been growth but it's still a choice. God does grow and heal, but he also leaves some things and it can still be hard. Yeah, that's super good. You know, Gabe, what's what's something that, uh, you know, it's really been an issue in the past and at times, I mean, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've had battles with anxiety and different things like that as well um, in the past and in, in my current situations. But the the thing that's been the the most fresh when it talked about um, comes to suffering is, um, I'm experiencing suffering through the suffering of my daughter right now mm -hmm. and, um, and helping navigate through with her, uh, the death of, um, some people that were really, really close to her. And at 12 years old, she's asking me the question, if, you know, if God loves us so much, if God loves me so much, why is he taking people from me that I love? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm just like, God, I mean, you talk about gut wrenching feelings. And as someone who's walked with the Lord for a little bit of time, I can reconcile those things. Yeah. 
um, this is new to her. And so I'm trying to walk her through um, the feelings and the emotions that she's experiencing. And, um, and I'm trying, you know, there's, there's a, there's a time and a place to give her the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, we live in a sinful, broken world. Right. There's a time and a place to go. God works all things together for the good of those who love and are called according to his purpose. Those things are true. And there's a time for that. Um, and we've had those conversations, but I just knew in those moments when she was crying on my shoulder in the kitchen, asking me this question, it wasn't time to give her that. It was time to go, sweetheart, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. I'm so sorry you're sad. I'm so sorry that you lost someone that you love. I love you. God loves you. And we're going to get through this together. It was prioritizing what we call the connection over the correction, prioritizing connecting with her in that moment and empathizing with her over just giving her the right answer. And um, so that's what I'm currently experiencing right now is walking through with my daughter and, and trying to feel with her allow her to feel the feelings that she's feeling, allowing her to ask the questions that she's asking. And then eventually we point her back to the, to the God's word and go, listen, sweetheart, we don't know all the things that God does and why he does them, but he loves you. This is going to turn out for good. Miss Ashley is in heaven. She's not in pain anymore. Like there's the right things to say. Um, but right now it's just the balance of going, when do I say that? And when do I just let her cry? Yeah. Maturity, discipleship in Christ is, it's yes, it's truth, but it's coupled with relationship. Bible mm-hmm. says, "Weep and mourn with those who mourn. Yeah. Rejoice with those who rejoice." Right? right? There's this connection uh, that we go through that get, that helps sustain people and ourselves. That's so good. Um, you know, and I think about struggle and suffering. You know, in a role that that we're in, we see a lot of struggle and yeah. suffering. Um, you know, people call when they're dying or they have cancer or they lost to marriage or there's all, you know, so I'll tell you, there's, there's certain things that like, man, I just don't even see how this is going to work. Yeah. And, and I've experienced that in my own life. Uh, probably, you know, I, my sons are all in their own way. They're my greatest joys. Mm-hmm. And yet it, it, you know, things that they've been through have also been a part of my greatest suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when Christian was uh, a, a drug addict and so rebellious and, you know, we had to leave him in a homeless shelter. I remember when he OD'd from drugs and he's in a coma in the hospital. I mean, there's all these things that you're suffering through and you're like, God, why? Why? What do you, what is the reason for this? You know, in a sense, I had to give up my son. I, I thought he, I wasn't sure he was going to come out of a coma. Mm. Um, I wasn't, and so in a sense, you know, he didn't die, but there was a time where I thought that was the reality. And so I had to experience those feelings of a death of someone that you tried to raise in the Lord and, and you did the best you knew how, and you, you spent the time and you did the things and you you obviously you're not perfect, but it's over. And it seems like, how could this possibly be used for good in any way? Hmm. And it's during that dark night of the soul that you have to wrestle and you have to go, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust that there's something going on. I don't see there's things I don't know that, that you're good. And I had to have the people around me, the counselor that I I went to and, and, uh, and the people I had to be able to talk about my feelings that I was angry at God and they let me get it out. They didn't shame me. You're a pastor and you're this and you're that. Mm-hmm. They were like, they cried with me mm-hmm. and they supported me and they were my friends and they lifted the extra burden that I couldn't lift. And 
And through that process, you know, I had to live with, you look at now and well, of course, God solved it all, but it wasn't immediate. There were times where it just didn't seem like, and, and then I remember for, you know, he's finally back with the Lord. He's in the ministry. I was like, it's a, it's a win story. And then he loses his mind. And I'm like, how could this, I mean, he finally comes back to the Lord and now he loses his mind. He wakes up one day and all the things they said were potentially going to happen with the drugs. Now they're, you know, and, and, you know, their life is a wrestling match and, and, uh, wrestling with the help of the Lord, with the help of God's people, trusting his word is a choice you're going to have to make. And you're not, hopefully you don't have to make it alone. God didn't mean for you to have to do it alone, Hmm. but I can, I can attest to, um, I still have some questions about things that were allowed to happen that I don't know of the good that came from it, but I have to trust through the eyes of the cross that he cares more than I do, that he sees that yeah. the end of the story isn't um, over yet, or there was more to it than I saw. And either way, the world we live in causes struggle. We see it all around. We can't deny it. And we can't say it's just every you know it's their fault that you know the good Samaritan we talked about last week it's mm-hmm. not his fault I mean yes we're in a broken world but he, he, this happened and he, he we don't it, there was no reason that this was his fault it happened to him now what do we do we do what God asks us to do helping mm-hmm. others allowing others to help us and we move forward knowing that um, sometimes God is going to do I love pulling the carpet out from underneath you. He's going to shake you off your feet to your knees because the best thing for you is trusting in him and walking with him, even when it looks like he's going in a different direction that you don't understand. Mm. But uh, we need relationship with God more than we need anything else. We need relationship with one another more than we need all the other things. We, we, we need to be involved in what he's doing. And all of those things require time and busyness Hurriedness, apart from relationship with God, impacts your uh, everything, and and that takes time. So as we go through this series, you know, I think on on another time we'll probably dive deeper into why suffering and mm-hmm. why bad things happen and all that. I know we've done those series in the past. We'll probably do that again because I think that's really the number one issue. And I as I look forward to where this culture is going and the storms that are coming, mm-hmm. um, I believe. I tell Christian guys this all the time. In an economy where it's dependent upon people that don't know the Lord and God allows it to go where it goes, if your identity rests in your job, I think you're going to get challenged. Mm-hmm. Now, from God's yep. perspective, it doesn't. But from people's perspective, it does. Even Christians. I mean, I tied, so shouldn't my business work? Hmm. Yep. You know? Um, nope. The culture hits everybody, sin hits everybody. Now we're hit by the storm, but our house doesn't crumble. That doesn't mean your job doesn't crumble. It means your faith life, your eternity doesn't crumble. And I think um, getting ready and and, and and slowing down and walking with God is going to get us through all this stuff. I mean, think about it. If the enemy can make us so hurried that we don't have deep relationship with God, we don't have deep relationship with others, we're not serving the Lord. When the storm hits, you got no foundation to be able to make it. Mm-hmm. Who's going to help those folks? Those of us who do have a foundation. 
Those of us who do have a life built on the rock will still suffer and struggle, but but uh, we won't do it as those who have no hope, uh, and we'll be able to be a light to those around us. So I'm hoping this series makes a difference in people's lives. Thanks for meeting today, guys. Thanks for talking about it. And one of the things that I love about you guys is you have deep roots. You've been through stuff in your life, all different kinds of things, and you're still standing. God's walking with you. And I'm just, it's awesome to see that all the campuses are making disciples and helping people see and work through the right things and honoring God and and uh, so thanks for your time today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah.